0: All right, Kiss Army, welcome to the Kiss FAQ podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a Kiss related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. It. All right, welcome to episode 445 of the Kiss FAQ podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. Today I'm joined by Marcus, Almighty Mark. Greetings. 69th Blizzard, Ken. And everyone else is busy at work or living their lives. How about that? So before we get into this week's episode no one else has any new shit and uh, these guys did get their shipping notifications for live too i did not get mine um mm-hmm. so i'm extremely depressed or i would be had my des moines cd not finally shown up from you music so thank you you music and my triple vinyl from creatures finally showed up as well after threatening credit card action with having zero shipping movements since the label was generated on the 18th of november so mm-hmm. i had a happy ending today which is really nice also nice is this arrived and oh yes there's now a picture book about richie scarlet written by a friend of mine jean ramsey who has put together it's a pictorial history of richie and you either love richie or you don't and if you don't well, just tune out for a second because i do and i couldn't wait to (laughs) see the ace band with him as a member so it's really nice to see a you know full color Uh, glossy photo book paying tribute to Richie's career and dogged determination to make it in the music business and some of the many interesting people and personalities that he's encountered along his crazy journey, one that continues. So uh, congratulations to Richie having a book out about him and to Jean for publishing and editing and putting together a, a wonderful looking piece of work as well. So it does tell a really cool story. So if you're interested in picking that up, go to, let's see, I got to get it right, RichieScarletBook.com. There you go. You can get some flyers, which I'll, uh, I'll paper the Wasp show tomorrow night with Richie Scarlet flyers. How about that down at the Regency in San Francisco? And if you're going to the Wasp show tomorrow night in San Fran, um, I'll be there and uh, it'd be nice to say hi or F you, whatever you wanna to say to me, whatever. Um, hopefully see some animals in the audience. All right, today's episode, because creatures of the night won't stop. And this episode is somewhat framed around a comment that Tim made. And that is of course, Tim Star. Oh boy. And I've already alienated Ken. But, uh, <laughs> we will uh, get started with him in a second when he comes back so anyway tim framed the conversation for this week uh with a comment was the whole conversation about vinnie's approach to playing the kiss catalog uh, material live is a fascinating one on one side vinnie was supposedly on a leash in the studio but live apparently he just acted on his own accord and unleashed notes at will given paul and gene's penchant for control it's plausible that they sanction encourage Vinny's more modern approach um how could they not it was their band in other words there's no way the new guy was afforded that kind of unrestrained freedom live without the blessing from the bosses and i thought that was a really good point to make about vinnie's playing when he comes into the band because the band had been going through a dynamic shift between 19 what 1980. Well, 1980, when Eric Carr joined and 82, when they finally get back on the road. So the band had fundamentally changed in that period. Number one in its sonics when Eric Carr comes in on drums. But I think, and Mark, we were talking a little bit about this beforehand. One of the big things is how being the first person to replace a signature guitarist is a really tough role to play in a band. So why don't you take that for a moment while I say hello to all the animals in the chat?
1: Yeah, well, it, it definitely is the more difficult position to be in, if you know, compared to being, let's say, the second or third or fourth guitarist in the band. Replacement. Hopefully, you don't. Hopefully, you're not like the seventh or something. Then people are going to get a little, you know, what the hell is going on here? Uh, but you know, when you're the first one, you you get the, you get a lot of this in the audience. You know, like people, arms crossed, not, you know, prove to me that you're worthy of replacing this guy, you know, Uh, and, you know, sometimes you can do absolutely nothing right in these people's eyes. And other times, sometimes people are more accepting of it and and, want to have you do well because if you do well and people accept it that means that the band will continue on and there'll they'll be more music from this band for years to come so there's kind of a there's always that kind of dynamic i find when you're a new guitar player you know sometimes you're going to get the people that have those signs up you know you know saying derogatory things like there was that time when i remember hearing about uh brad gillis when he was touring with ozzy when randy died and people were holding up randy rules and you know all this stuff and just booing him like crazy and then after a while he started winning over the fans and then he ended up leaving the band anyways, but you know, it, it it can be difficult to do it. And, you know, I think Vinny uh, didn't have the easiest job to do in, in that sense, not technically. I think, you know, replacing Ace, you know, he was, he didn't do the most complicated souls. He definitely had his own style of playing. That's for damn sure. But for him to have done it note for note, probably would have been within his skill range easily, but you know, Did he? We'll get into that now when we start talking about
0: it. Yeah, and Ken, you were there. You you went to multiple shows on the Creatures tour. Let's just make sure we remind everyone of that. Um, But what was your impression (laughs) of Vinny when he started playing, particularly some of those signature songs? you know, and we're going to do comparison. I've got a whole shitload of multimedia streamed and ready to go tonight for us to compare um, the studio versions with what Vinny was playing live. So what
2: did you think from the audience? Were you? No, I wasn't like that. Uh, I mean, maybe in my head I was like that, (laughs) Um, but uh, I kind of, you know, wanted to see what this guy, news guy, you know, new guy has got. as far as uh, playing ability and and how he sounds so yeah it it somewhat resembled Ace slightly i mean this is it's very little uh resemblance to ace but there's these little hit these key notes here or there of part of ace's solo uh just so you know oh oh yeah he hit that note <laughs> hit this part of the solo maybe right but most of it was just you know just Going crazy on the guitar uh, for the solo, so it, it was okay. Um, I knew it was a new guy. I thought, well, maybe he just hasn't, you know, uh, learned aces so, solos yet and hasn't gotten it down. So it, it was okay, you know, uh, from that standpoint. I I gave him a, you know, a waiver or whatever, a pass. I mean, a pass. Yes.
0: You survive. You survived the invasion. Well. Mm-hmm. Corey, E5150, Lee, Tales of a Kiss Geek. Um, Who else? 2,000, man. Thank you all for joining us live, and thanks For everyone who's tuned in live. Let's jump into some multimedia. The first clip is going to be the first song of the set. I think I'm going to go in in pretty much in order. I don't have the full set queued up. I think I got as far as Love Gun, um, but that's more than enough multimedia. There's about 20 minutes of Video Or audio clips um, that we're going to play, so let's get started. The first one is going to be Creatures of the Night. Thank you All right, so that's the studio version, obviously, of the, the title track played by Steve Ferris. Second yes. take, if you've got... About the Creatures of the Box set, uh, Creatures of the Night box set, all the details about that solo and how Steve came into the sessions to play that are in there. Um, what, what I want to draw everyone's attention to before I play Vinny's take on that is Vinny's gonna get double the space. You know, Steve had to cut his solo in eight measures, Vinny gets 16 during the live performance. So let's uh, go into Vinny's live. This is gonna be from, well, you'll see it on the screen, I think it's Rockford. all right so that that's Vinny. i gotta i gotta say whenever Vinny's solos come on for the songs off creatures i'm like wow when i was sitting there listening to that one today just i mean getting double the amount of time in a song to solo he does all the same sorts of tricks mark guitarist differentiate playing in the studio um, versus playing live particularly well, from the perspective of a solo
1: well i mean when you're in a studio you can you know go back didn't like that. Let me go fix that. You know, I know that Steve Harris didn't have you know hours and hours of time to do it. Apparently, he did it in a couple of takes. Second, and, yeah, yeah. The second yeah. take, yeah. 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 So, and that goes to show you how number one, A, he might, might, must have been prepared. Or number two, how good he is at doing something on the fly. Like that. A lot of these session guys can do this stuff like one, two takes, no problem. Uh, I love the studio version. I always thought that the studio version has all the right elements in there, good feel good tonality good pitch you know it, it definitely feels like it was meant to be in that song uh vinnie live look at when you're playing live you're pl- flying by the seat of your pants you know you can't go back and oh sorry guys can we stop and go back two bars i want to f- do that better you know you can't do that so what you play is what you play and uh, you know a lot of it was was pretty decent you know uh there are a few bends in there that were a bit questionable to my ear a couple of like suspect notes but again it's live you know and he, he uses the, a lot of the whammy bar there that was his big thing uh with this too that, that he, he was a he was a whammy bar guy but this was a new thing for kiss fans because ace never even touched the whammy bar until into his release comic time so uh yeah he, it's it's not a bad solo i mean again uh i think that they wanted to modernize you know, their overall sound a bit, and he did a good job in this one. Plus, it it is a new song too, so I think that he gets a little bit more leeway with doing newer things in there too, even if it isn't note for note from the studio.
0: No, but I think it stays very honest in terms of representing an expanded version of the studio solo, which is very concise and edited and fits in perfectly for what you'd expect on an album. Um, Ken?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's at the beginning it somewhat resembles uh steve ferris's uh at parts little parts here and there but it's pretty much uh vinnie's own solo uh on the song and you know it for what it is and it being live it works you know it worked in the song um i guess if i heard it a million times like i've heard creatures i i would feel like you know you get used to it and you you'd understand you know uh remember the solo and that sort of thing um uh, but yeah it worked fine on this one um i don't think he really attempted to do steve's version of it so much uh, just a little bit of here and there uh, the rest is all vinny so it's it it worked out it's worked it works perfectly perfectly fine
0: yeah he's not he's not exactly machine gunning the notes either it's still pretty no. melodic and and that's yeah. part of the playing style that i do love about vinnie i'll always sing his praises especially on all systems go which is you know melodic rock that's very finely crafted in my opinion but uh again vinnie's not a big fan of that let's move on into strutter and first song uh, the first uh clip's going to be from auckland which is of course uh ace's final live performance with the band um in a public concert obviously Mm -hmm. until 96. um and then there's a couple of other clips so here we go all right so all your signature ace Frehley licks in there obviously strutters one of the holy trinity of you know well first three kiss songs just imagine being a fly on the wall the first time ace laid down a lead <clears throat> On that song in 19, late 1972, early yeah. 73, 50 years ago, uh, but it's all there. That's all muscle memory. In 1980, he could have been wrecked and uh, still play that solo. Let's mm-hmm. go into this is El Paso. So later on in the Creatures tour for Vinnie's take on it. Oh! All right, so that was uh, breaking up a little bit. I don't know whether that's my bandwidth or what. So Um, let's uh, just move one step forward and listen to Bruce's take from '84. Okay. (laughs) all right so that's three takes of strutter and the solo i think you know again bruce clearly has the benefit of not being the first guy and being able to fine tune also how kiss had evolved by 84 by the time he's in the band and vinnie doesn't but my take on Vinny is that he's very much staying to ace's framework but putting his own stamp on it ken
2: yeah i mean he put a little bit of his own stamp on it um still it didn't really replicate uh obviously uh ace's solo and actually it probably barely does in my in my opinion because you get so used to a solo um Mm. and and to tell you the truth i think and we need to play bruce's also i think bruce's sounded better than than vinnie's uh it sounded more you know, I, I want to say organized. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, it, it just to me made more sense than Vinny's version. Um, even though Bruce is maybe following Vinny's version a bit, um, I think it's actually better and an improvement, you know, because of the whammy. <laughs> yeah, it's like that way to me.
0: Yeah because I I mean Mark tell me if I'm wrong by what you hear I hear Vinny sticking more to bends and vibrato than relying on the wang bar
1: Yeah yeah and and this in this solo particularly I think that he does do a lot more of the bends he he loved his bends like that's one thing that Vinny was notorious for he liked doing these like big bends over bends and stuff like that and uh you know this he, he definitely showed it in this song uh Again, th- listening to, to Vinny is difficult, I find, sometimes for the same reason that I think Ken brought up, because you're so used to a certain way to hear a solo. And then when he comes in and does something completely different and even you know throws in notes that Ace would never do in a solo, then you're kind of like, mm, you know, you don't know how to feel about it at that time, right? I mean, if, if you never heard Ace's solo and this is the first time you heard the song, then maybe you would think, okay, whatever, you know, you might have a, have a different opinion of the solo. It's not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, look, if he was that bad a soloist, they wouldn't have took him. You know, end of story, right? Mm-hmm. So he, I think that he does a decent job. I mean, even Ace solo that we just heard, that wasn't pretty much the same as Studio. He did a little bit of modifications to it as well, but there was enough of it in there for people to, you know, identify it and say, yeah, I, I know what's going on here, right? Uh, and Bruce, I've always thought that Bruce took... The best of what Ace did, and kept those parts in there, and just added in his parts. And I thought that the parts that he added in with it just made sometimes these solos just a teeny bit better. I know Ace people are gonna hate me for saying that, but uh, I, I think sometimes he he improved on some of Ace's solos with his styling. Yeah, he modernized them, but also again at the time
0: we're becoming fans, you and I in particular. I think his playing certainly fit more into that wheelhouse of player and maybe, I don't know, I, I think I'm more comfortable with it because that was generally the first versions of the solos I heard, hmm. you know, animalized, live, uncensored comes to mind. Um, one thing I do want to mention is that Bruce was given a tape of Vinny to learn. The, the Kiss stuff from, and he didn't think that Vinny's interpretations were And this is from a Rolling Stone interview, hmm. pardon me um didn't think that Vinny's interpretations were to his liking, which, you know, come on <laughs> a, a, as a guitarist, you're always going to think that the other guy is getting it wrong generally, uh, hmm. especially when you've got the chops to back it up with, and I think that's where he comes from, especially on the classic songs, that he listens to how Vinny's interpreting it, and then also respects how Ace played it, and I think he's middle ground, which is hardly surprising with it being Bruce. Come on, like the most reasonable, nice guy in the world. Of course, he's Mm. going to be middle of of, of the ground. All right, let's move on into calling Dr. Love. This is obviously another classic, a classic Mm. Binky solo. Let's be clear there. Uh, Because Ace's wasn't exactly original. It was inspired by Binky. So here we go. christ make it stop make it stop wow that one that that one's pretty brutal actually uh cat
2: yeah you know um i mean it's such a classic a solo you know um and i love uh, you know is the butcher
0: in the meat market on this one though um
2: it's just i mean there's 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 little points here and there that obviously follow it and you can kind of, you know, resemble it. It's a, there's a resemblance there, at least. It's not totally, you know, gone because it's such a classic solo on, on that song. Um, and one thing comes to mind when I think about this, you know, when you, uh, you're you so used to hearing a solo or a song or, or whatever, a certain way, and even a singer, and a singer sings something different that like hits a note that, why didn't you go to that high note that you always do but they, you know, as, and it's like what, what are you doing? You're you're, you're messing with the <laughs> I was supposed to go, but it's, it's kind of like that um, Just one note almost or even multiple notes Being different can really screw things up and not feel right but um, again, we're so used to or I was so used to calling dr. Love solo uh, at least the Ace's was resembled his own, uh, obviously. But yeah, Vinny's is kind of uh it's it's just little little parts here and there. That he's got it, but you know, I guess he made it his own and it kind of went went off the board a little bit there. I don't know.
0: Took a left turn at Albuquerque. Uh Mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I guess... Actually we're seeing comments, a long fart, buzzsaw,
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah I mean this one is painful to listen to. I mean, the the the, <laughs> the fact is calling Dr. Love is probably one of ACE's most uh, recognizable and probably one of his best solos. I remember in many different uh, guitar solo rankings, people would rate this one as probably one of ACE's best guitar solos he's done period. And I, I agree. I think it's a great guitar solo. When I hear Vinny do this, it's like, wow. Like even on. And, and the funny thing is, you would think that, okay, maybe that was just that night he played it that bad. No, because, I mean, when you watch the real performance of him doing this song, wow, the the he, that ending that we were just, like, ugh, plugging our ears to, he does the exact same thing, those, those unbelievably high notes with the whammy bar at the end, which is still not anywhere near the proper intonation that it should be when he's doing that. It, it's just, I don't know what he was thinking on that. I just think that he just tried to go for broke and tried to make it over over the top, and I think honestly, I, I think that he should have just stuck with more of Ace's actual framework, like actual notation of it, and maybe do a thing here and there. He, he like I mean I, can't, I keep saying this, Bruce is the king of that. He'll take what's good about his solo, keep as much of it as as he thinks is good about it in it, and then modify here and there. And that's what always made his solos great. And Vinny has no clue how to do that, especially in this song. It's just. Absolutely terrible,
0: yeah. But think of the pressure that he's under heading into a band like Kiss. He's basically going from being a nobody to playing in front of 2,000 people and ordering pizza. Um, okay, no. okay, but he, one thing he, I gotta say, that.
1: but one thing I gotta say that they were clearly making board tapes of these, of these shows, were they? Well, obviously, if they if we had them, uh, and and what I'm trying to say is that I'm pretty sure Paul and Gene. <laughs> Must have heard this. You don't think that maybe one of them would have came over and said, "Hey, dude, what's going on here with this solo?" You know, I mean, sure, maybe he would have been one of those guys to say, "Hey, fuck you, I'm doing whatever I want." You know, who knows? But I'm I'm surprised they didn't bring it up because, like I said, this this solo is not just to happen on this night. He's done this kind of a solo numerous nights.
0: Yeah so um practicing guitar thanks for joining us this is of course your your topic uh that i've adapted to be our discussion point to frame you know playing some of these things because i think it's great to differentiate between the studio the pre the originator and also the, the new guy but you also bring up an additional point um you know which is how solos i guess do evolve anyway so uh is anyone a butcher? I, there's a lot of butchering that's gone on in the Kiss catalog live, particularly. So let's move on to the next song. We're gonna we're gonna call out the firehouse. <laughs> Almost see Ace in your head when he's bringing <laughs> oh, back yeah. on those notes. I, I mean, come on. It's Ace, it's a signature solo. Again, i it's like that's my comment for nearly every Ace song on this discussion. But let's listen to Vinny's take. Yeah, now he's, he, he can't quite ring out those notes. But I, I want to make one comment about Vinny, uh, particularly on here. I, I hear a different cook preparing the same recipe. Um, there's, it's just two different approaches to playing the same kind of structure throughout. And that's just to me. And again, this is very subjective. Everyone's going to have their taste of things that they like, things that they don't. And it's perfectly fine. Um, but I also want to kind of back that up a bit and say, this is Rockford. This is two shows into the tour, and while he may have been rehearsing all of these solos from September onwards when he signed up to be the touring guitarist, being live, moving on stage, and performing for the audience, whether it's 2,000 or 3,000 is irrelevant, uh, does change from being in a hangar in Dallas. Mark?
1: Yeah, I mean, those are all valid points, obviously. Uh, But But I I still... But I still think that regardless, uh, he he god, he really butchers this one. I mean, this one is one of those songs where Ace, Ace given the given the benefit of, of a relatively easy solo. It's a, a lot of the same note. it's it's all pentatonic in that box. That whole solo is just A. Okay. And and how Many bad notes he put in that I just can't believe it. I mean, the David's comment is absolutely perfect, spot on, perfect, except for timing. Yeah, yeah, timing, uh, tuning, and performance. G- great, 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 great point. Perf- uh, it, it's it, it's just sometimes he g- grabs that whammy bar too much and just goes too nuts with it. Just he need he does he doesn't put in enough of the the the, the original solo, and that bothers me really, because sure you want to show that you know you're not ace that you're you're a better guitar player or whatever, but you have to make the song you know me- memorable or identifiable to the audience for crying out loud I mean they're, they're gonna you come to this part and people are gonna start listening to him. what what the hell song is he playing you know like it, it sometimes sounds like they like I don't know what whether he's trying to play this song or a different song that's how different it sounds to me again i mean right, I, but I, I, do you
0: do you not think <clears throat> that paul stanley and gene simmons didn't hear him in rehearsals or do you think that he played ace's solos note for note in rehearsals and then when it came to live uh flip the switch went <clears throat>
3: yeah, no, you
1: Yeah no i wouldn't be surprised but you know look i think the what there's one important thing that we're probably missing out as well is that they Gene Simmons has said 100 times, not whether Gene is being 100% honest or not, we don't know, but he said that basically they came to a point where they had to go on tour and they needed a guitar player and they were kind of forced to take Vinny. So even if they heard him in the rehearsals Bullshit. and, were, and he was doing the that.
0: contract in September 82, they didn't go on the road until d- the end of December. The tour well, would have would have been booked mid-year, so they wouldn't okay. be going on the road. But they were still they were still auditioning.
1: Well, then I'm gonna I'm gonna say the this then. Of the album. Okay, so if that's the case, then I think Paul and G need to get their hearing checked because if that's what he was playing at the rehearsals and they thought that that was passable,
2: they were wearing earplugs. Wow.
1: Yeah, something is <laughs> wrong with their hearing.
0: Ken, does that firehouse solo? cause you anger
2: don't call me anger but it's, <laughs> you know this is ace or not ace but uh Vinny when he first got the job and he's gonna practice the solos and he's like, okay i'm gonna practice all these Ace solos. i'm gonna do them okay so it's like okay and then a month later it's like uh nah, i don't want to do all those i'm just gonna do my own little thing here and, and go crazy um I I just don't think he really wanted to play Aces solos note for note, and he just wanted to do his own thing. I think in some cases he he could have interchanged the same solo with multiple songs. Even <laughs> it's possible. So I you know I, I just I I don't know. He he didn't want to follow Aces. He he'll start maybe with a note of Aces stuff and then end the solo with the, some notes at the end, but in the middle it's like. You know, Gloves are off, or whatever you want to call it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is another good point. Um, Listen to the Rio 83 version of Firehouse. Again, totally different ballgame. And yeah, that is the point I want to continue stressing. This is early on in the tour. If I had more time than what I like to uh, a lot for doing these shows, then I would be queuing up Lick It Up audio as well, as particularly from the tail end of that tour, to compare where Vinny had gone with the sound and some of what are spectacularly glorious performances we've already mentioned rio a couple of times within a couple of different contexts so uh, again judging an early performance from early on in the tour compared with aces is just a starting point of the conversation um because again I'm, i'm only stylistically comparing intent not necessarily with execution from early on and and I do have one later on in this discussion where you'll hear what he does early on in the tour and later on in the tour for that. But it, it's just I, I had two days to prepare for this. Um and that's simply not enough. So let's get into a solo that I can actually play. And it is seven notes. <laughs> I wish I wish Vinnie had played it at the hangar. Um, but I love it loud, and we'll start with Many the studio notes. version, which is so simple, as I said, even I can play it. Mm-hmm. It must have been torture for Vinny to have to play only seven notes. And live. Hey, A little bit of gratuitous whammy coming into the live version. But wow. I, I think seven notes and it's bends. So, such a simple solo. Uh, Mark.
1: Wow. I can't believe it. He played it the same way as it was in the studio, pretty much. For the exception of one little part there. But look, he's technically a great guitar player. He can do this stuff. You know, we, know, we all know that. But man, I mean... What I just wonder what he th- what he's thinking in his own head, and why why he thinks that some of this insane changing of so- songs that like the solos that he does, uh, why he thinks it's, that it sounds good. I don't know. But this this one is this is a great example. He did a great example here of showing that he can play it really well. He he added a real good feel to it. And I think that there's nothing there's nothing bad to say about this solo. I think he did a great job on that.
2: Can, yeah, it's perfectly fine. I mean, yeah, he, he matched the solo. Uh, it was it's a simple solo. Well, he played like, the solo in the studio. Like you said, seven. Oh, okay, there you go, seven notes. Um, and I'm sure it's fine. I mean, if you, if you wanted to compare his lick it up own solos from Lick It Up and you know, uh, the Lick It Up album and playing those on tour, I'm sure those are you know pretty similar. And and. And well done, Um, though I think he used to go crazy on his own sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, how can you mess this one up? I mean, Mm. I I, I couldn't mess it up.
1: I think Ken could play it, no problem. (laughs) I could
2: play it. On your little kiss On my little toy guitar. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There you go.
0: Um, (laughs) Do you remember Carrie King playing the My Little Pony guitar? Or was it Dave (laughs) Dave Grohl bashing away on the, the the drums those are cool all right so vinny totally stays well he honors himself with that solo. all (laughs) right so cold gin we're going back to another obviously you know classic song typical ace in terms of the soloing um and let's hear vinny's take from rockford let's see i've got the right one queued up nope wrong one So, uh just a quick explanation on that. Rockford Vinny gets more space because of the outro um on the Auckland Ace Frehley recording it segues uh directly into Strutter so Ace doesn't mm. get to do that second solo. But you know what? I think typical Vinny there um it, it's definitely uh, again similar recipe different cook. Mark
1: yeah, actually, I didn't mind that one too much. Uh, you know, basically just playing over an A sort of riff. You, you can't really screw that one too badly, I don't think. But it, And, you know, there was nothing there that made me kind of cringe. I mean, you could have saw, obviously, on some of the clips that we listened to before, I did a couple of really like, whoa, like painful looks on the face when he was playing. But none of those were present on on this solo. I think he did a pretty decent job on the on the outro of this one. again, when he when he thinks about I think when he's more settled in and he's locked into the groove, he can play some pretty good solos on here. And I think this is one of the better ones that we've heard so far.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's, there's quite a few people in the chat uh, who've been contributing. Who are guitarist Gene, obviously, has uh, definitely played guitar, knows his way around it more more so than I can ever, you know, begin to explain. You know, just what I hear versus what I do on my little Jackson soloist behind me. So, Ken, told you, you know, original, you know, early Kiss song that Vinny's updated. What do you think?
2: yeah I mean it worked okay. Uh, I was fine with it. It's you know a little different, of course and but uh it's more it makes more sense this time. It doesn't sound like he's just uh making it up as he's as he's going along. this one actually uh fit the song better uh, and you know closer to what ace maybe would have done,
0: yeah so. Cecil or Cecil, whichever way you prefer. Uh, Vinny's playing on the Treasure Record is really good. Oh my God, those are some really tasty solos. And you remind me of another point I wanted to to make. Has anyone ever heard a soundboard of Vinny playing with Carmine in the Rockers? Mm -mm. I would love to hear what he was doing, 1980, 81. Um, You know, we've heard some of the stuff that he was writing earlier on but i would like to hear some vinnie live earlier on in his career and it's just not out there whereas with eric carr we can go through creation salt and pepper flasher Solomon. i mean there's mm-hmm. an, an there's an abundance but with vinnie there is not an awful lot of it so um let's jump into the next song which you already know what it is if you've been paying attention since i jumped the gun on it it is of course keep me coming Uh, the studio version is supposedly vinnie and um again like several of the songs on the album there on the studio versions there's only eight measures of space for the solo and this is of course sioux city where vinnie again gets double the space I don't care what anyone says. I actually love that live take on that solo. It mm. is so Vinny, so much in his character and in a, a lot of what he brought as a guitarist to the band. And I, I'm on the fence, you know, of whether that's him in the studio, but just that ending phrasing on the studio cut, yeah, it's Vinny. Um can
2: yeah it's got to be uh vinnie uh vinnie in the studio because it's because he kept <laughs> this is the uh closest other than uh i love it loud that he's you know kept the solo to um i think he's just you know used a multiplier and doubled his notes for for, for most of it it's like the twice twice amount of the notes he played in the, the solo on the record that he and he played uh he played live so uh, but so it, it made sense it fit and it sounds like a lot like the you know it's familiar so it sounds like the solo that was on the album
0: okay that song is embarrassing
1: <laughs> mark <laughs> uh, actually i thought that this was done very well um like the studio version obviously we're so used to it and. Like I said before, you can you can go in the studio and do it until you get it the way you want it. So it's always going to sound decent, I sure. think. Uh, live, I think he did a great job with this one. I mean, I was actually kind of surprised. That I was, you know, find myself closing my eyes, getting into it and listening to it. He played it really well. I, I think that he, he must really like that solo, I think, because he really recreated it really well. It sounds really good. I mean, there, there's no, you know, skunk notes in it. There's no crazy, you know, recreation of something that wasn't supposed to be there. I think that he did a great job on that song. And Sioux City is pretty early in the tour. Am I not correct on that? Show number two. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. So that goes to show you that he 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 can, he can be obviously fully prepared and ready to play something very well. That was a great example of it right there.
0: Yeah. I mean, one would it'd be nice if the first show exists and leaves. Yeah. It, that, that would really be the one that, you know, I'd want to hear now. Someone asked early if this was uh, any of this audio, you know, go listen to the box set. You, you can get most of it out there and it's all out there anyway now. But this is all pre any of that rubbish. Um, let's go into War Machine. Again, it's going to be Vinny in the studio versus Vinny live. And my notes here. Say that War Machine is my favorite solo by Vinny on the Creatures album. That gives me a lot of wiggle room for the songs that I do. I agree on. with that. Well, mm-hmm. let's see. What, let's see what we think. <clears throat> All right, I want to pause it for a second there before we we let him continue with the live version. What I like so much about the studio solo is that it tells a mini story musically, and that to me is a sign of a very good solo. It's got like a beginning, it's got a middle, it's got a plot that brings you to you know the crescendo and dive bomb at the end that leads back in um, you know to the vocal. So yeah, let's see yeah. what he let's see what he does live. No, we're not going to listen to it again, but I tales of a kiss You're killing me. That solo is horrible. I love it on a technical level because it's like Vinnie live is saying, you remember how you wouldn't let me play those five notes in the studio where here they are. Those five notes are back now. Mark, let's start with you on, on both of those. Well,
1: I, I love war machine. It's a great song. Uh, and again so used to the so studio version of that solo uh and it's a good solo again I, I agree with with you Julian about how it's well structured you know the beginning the middle and end to it it definitely sounds well constructed and thought out uh live it wasn't too bad there was just when he came in there it was a little like whoa like a little you know a little crazy with the with the bend there at the top there but other than that it wasn't too bad he he did a couple of you know extra like that that's one thing i noticed about Vinny live, he likes his multiple he does like a lot of those multiple notes things there. Uh, That's very very uh, Vinny. He does a lot of those like like those really high he'll bend a note up, like hold a note, play the note and then drop down from the note, which is different than going playing a note and then bending up to it. He does it kind of like backwards sometimes, which is interesting and works well if you can do it well like Vinny Moore and these guys do. Uh, But it. It's it's not a bad solo, uh, and it, it, compared to some of the other solos that I'm sure we'll hear, this one sounds very masterfully done compared to some of the ones that will come later. But this it's not bad. I mean, like again, I think we Julian made a great point that the solos that he plays on the record tend to sound better live than the ones that he doesn't play, like like Ace solos. So. Yeah,
0: those are the ones, you know, kind of where I really felt that Tim's comment, you know, resonated that in the studio, you can see Paul standing over him saying, no, make it more simple, you know, do this, do that, Um, that he's really being guided Mm. or restrained depends on your perspective more that Paul knows or thinks he knows what he hears in his head for a song. And Vinny is, you know, simply to execute that live he's able to put more of his personality back into it and it really came through on a on a solo like that ken
2: yeah i mean it it's it's hard to to me it's hard to butcher your your own solo (laughs) and yeah, yeah yeah i'm sure it's been done before but um yeah like mark said at the beginning of it it kind of came in rough at the beginning of that solo but then it kind of smoothed out and Things felt more structured and more you know you know like the uh album or studio version of it um so it was, it was recognizable at least uh unlike you know where when he's playing somebody else's solo like ace then it's it's hard to recognize it <laughs> really yeah it's very hard to recognize when he does aces solos versus his own solos
0: yeah i want to thank everyone again for joining us today you know while we've been doing live episodes this is like a little bit of experimentation to see if i can still multitask enough to queue up multimedia and talk about it while doing a show um i'm on the fence as to whether i'm being successful so in your comments um after the show don't tell me that i'm suck while i'm in the middle of doing trying to do this um Let, let us know if you like this sort of uh, show format. Um, let's move on into Shout It Out Loud, one of my nice. all-time favorite KISS songs and from mm-hmm. Mark's all-time favorite KISS album. Oh, yeah. And again, yeah, Auckland. Yeah. Uh, and my notes again on this was, uh, oh, I'm going to say it again, Signature Ace solo. I'm like, no, wait, Signature Bob Ezrin solo sung to Ace and played on the piano for him to imitate. Um hmm. Let's shut up and play the music. So that one's probably the most honest uh, in terms of imitating what Ace did, but also the tone is different because clearly uh, different guitars, different everything um, down to the fingers and brain. Mark.
1: Yeah. That, that was surprisingly pretty similar to Ace's. Uh, you know, missed a note or two here, but again, you brought up an interest, a good point about that, Julian, that, you know, you don't forget this guy's also on stage and, moving around and posing and doing stuff like that. So it's possible to miss a note here and there. Uh, but overall, it wasn't bad. You know, it wasn't bad. I mean, I'm not, I know everyone's saying horrible tone and terrible, this. No, I'm not talking about tone. I'm just talking about his performance. His guitar tone, his solo tone is definitely something I would never use personally myself. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm, from a performance point of view, it was surprisingly close to, to Aces. And I think that it, it, be- it benefited from him doing that because I could, you imagine him trying to do some big, like to kind of <laughs> solo over that and be like, what is he doing? You know? So yeah. Good for him that he kept it to aces. Yeah. He was throwing in some quadruplets here and there on some of the
0: other ones. All right. Uh, well, you ain't learning nothing from me, Austin. So let's talk to the voice of reason.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah like we i mean it he didn't go off the board uh, you know out, outside the line so much uh he, he kept within the structure of that the original a solo um so again recognizable did a perfectly fine job on it it worked for the live you know performance and uh sounded okay i know there's there's the tone thing but uh Otherwise, it you know it fit the song, sounded uh, familiar as it should. It should always sound familiar. Lee, who is representing the new era kiss Kiss know What's this well, Lee
1: talking about? These guys. Yeah, Mark rails- and me,
0: we're Asylum fans. That's what we no got kidding. on board. No, um, Lee, uh, and I guess also Tales of Kiske. Uh, when did you guys get on board? Uh, throw it in the comments while I cue up the next uh, audio because we, we're the kiss faq we want to re- represent all facets now we talk
1: about history. a lot of the new stuff i don't know what episodes you've been watching but
0: yeah well i well new opinions maybe new faces and we're always keen well everybody
1: has a, everybody has their own opinion Just because it's not your opinion doesn't mean it's not right
0: right so uh, expand on that as steven tyler would say express yourself <clears throat> all yeah. right rock and roll hell which um robin ford plays the solo on the studio (laughs) version and then we get into uh me trying to load new audio because for the last few songs so here we go
3: Pretty good.
0: Yeah, so on the one hand, you've got Robin Ford. Um, What was the Yellow Jackets?
1: Yeah, Yeah, session
0: session player monster who comes in and because he's a musician, can play any style, whatever's needed. Dial a buffet in terms of being a player and one hell of a player. I mean, check out that Yellow Jackets debut album uh, number one. (laughs) just fantastic and then you've got vinnie putting his spin on it and again i actually enjoy that solo but i really love that song and i've really gotten a kick out of the three you know takes that are on the creatures box set um so i am biased but i think vinnie does a fine job of that Uh, again putting his personality and character on it to the point where it was never performed again after rockford so uh mark
1: yeah, uh, the the studio version is great. I, I love that. Uh, I think Robin did a great job on that. Uh, the the live one was pretty good. I mean, he he, he did kind of. He did I'm kind sorry. of uh yeah, He did kind I'll of do. keep. With the structure of it there, uh, what I did find interesting though is when they did that second part, and clearly I think that's Paul and him trading off licks back and forth there, because it wasn't just him playing that, because there was overlap of the leads there going on. So I think Vinny was playing something, then Paul played a little something, then Vinny played something. Uh, not a bad idea. They should maybe should have worked on it a little bit more and kept it in the set. Maybe. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they tossed it from the set. They that said that's not working. You know, we we shouldn't do that again, and, and that's that. But overall, I think Vinny did a pretty decent job on this one. Again, this is it's surprising that he didn't butcher this one as much either. I mean, he, it's it's the new album, but clearly he didn't play it on this in the studio that one. So, but he did a good job
0: all right corey thank you for explaining who tales of a kiss geek is glenn uh, come on over to the kiss faq board and if if you're a member on there uh send me a pm and who knows maybe we can have a topic that includes you as part of the panel ken what's your take on rock and roll
2: yeah um like i said the original obviously is great by robin robin um vinnie it, it barely resembles that solo he kind of created his own new solo i think for it uh which actually wasn't a crazy and wild solo it was it actually fit the song um a bit and, and it sounded okay so it, it works again i rather hear what i am used to <laughs> from the album but uh it it's not a you know a butchering kind of job that uh he may have done on a couple other things
0: yeah, so what I meant to do, and I didn't. Again, I'm, I apologize for my my time limitations this uh, limitations this week. Um, I wanted to put Ace's origins recording of Rock and Roll Hell on there because I was I was well I was really chuffed when Ace did that because I thought, Wow, I mean, what if Ace had and how fun that he did um and i can't even remember what he did as a solo so that really says how successful that experimentation was so let's move on um last point on rock and roll hell is again like so many of the other solos from creatures on the studio album they're eight measures and vinnie's given 16 live so he gets double the space to breathe and to really develop more character of the song and again it, uh, whether it's space filling or just letting him be Vinny more on stage and establish an identity. I think that's one point that we haven't talked about since we're only comparing studio versions on the albums and aces, you know, final um, live versions. These early creatures shows regardless of Vinny's personality flaws, as you perceive them, because none of us know the guy are about him establishing a new character a new identity and a new authority. He has no legitimacy at this point. And he's wearing Ace Frehley's boots at this stage. (laughs) Literally, he's wearing Ace's boots and playing Ace's solos. And he's having to establish himself as a guitarist in the band. And some of these songs, Keep Me Coming doesn't last. um, We'll assume that it was performed at the first show and then Sue. So two performances. Rock and Roll Hell had three. And then it becomes more vanilla that clearly the songs that worked and what they saw from the audience are kept and a couple more classics come back in. Let's go to the final new song from the album. I still love you. And again, it's Robin Ford. This solo on the album is absolutely sublime from a uh, guitarist perspective. The emotion yeah. that he rings out of that neck note by note, and then we'll hear Vinny's. at, um, And I'll pause. Uh Uh-oh. So this is the the one song where I did make time this afternoon to go and get a performance from later on in the tour, because to be perfectly honest, that um, where where was that one from? That was Rockford. Mm. And I I thought it sucked. Um, So let's uh, jump forward in the tour to El Paso and hear Vinny's take on it there. all right so mark is is that was that fair to put in that that later performance yeah that's much snow that's much smoother there's some nice quads thrown in little those little phrases and you mentioned it early the little uh that he put at the end of a phrase um Hmm. just wonderful
1: yeah i I think that was much better great call putting that show in after because that that rockford one was like whoa it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't. It was still nowhere near as good as the this El Paso show. Uh, much better. Sounds like he's much more comfortable playing the song and the solo overall. So, yeah, much 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 better. I think that uh, it's a better representation of what he can do live when he's when he's prepared and he knows what he's doing and you know maybe he maybe he got talked to who knows maybe maybe it's just a matter of him just being more comfortable with it and getting the solo better under his fingers and he now realizes what works live and what doesn't work live and you know what would be also a good idea i think this tales of a kiss geek and lee they should why don't you guys start a podcast you know you guys seem to be both very good in uh with the whole kiss thing so rather than you know busting our balls on here about it why don't you guys make a podcast on about it and see what's going on we'll we'll, we'll watch it for sure but hey
0: hell yeah more more (laughs) kiss podcast the better all right ken what do you think of i still love you and uh, who was it that said um mtv unplugged for the for the win because yeah
2: Mm, yeah the uh yeah it's the two versions at least the rockford and then the later version is it's like (laughs) night and day um I really don't, didn't care for that first one at all. It seemed like he didn't he was kind of making it up and didn't really understand the solo or remember what the solo was supposed to be like uh, for the most part. but the, the second one was much better, much better. So much closer to uh, the studio version and it actually you know sounded you know right on and it worked perfectly um but yeah the early one was he needed I guess more practice or like Mark said maybe Paul had a talk with them said hey he, this this you got to get this solo right you need to fix this or something like that because uh, the first one wasn't that good but the, yeah the later one was really good
0: yeah I I want to add one thing to that again Rockford is early on in the tour adrenaline is running off you know he's been on stage we're deep into the set now don't forget so mm. that adrenaline it's still new playing in front of a uh, you know an, a paying audience so i don't doubt that muscle memory is not there yet because doing that set every night with the adrenaline flowing is uh, completely different you know it, it's the same for anyone if you sit and play guitar for 45 minutes or an hour and a half you know if you're playing the same shit it gets easy And then if you go and have a break for three months and then come back to the guitar, you know, you're going to be like that, you know, like that Rockford performance. So (laughs) let's cue up the final song that I've got prepared. Um, And it's Love Gun, because this is one that uh, I think had to be done. So let me find the file. Here we go. Auckland twice in a row, but yeah. um, you know it, it is it is what it is. Love Gun is the one solo though that the mm-hmm. vast majority think that vinnie vincent butchered and i clearly butchered it by doing the audio let's go to some of these comments uh yeah lee we know you're just contributing don't worry dude there's no shade being thrown back at you um the whole fun of this is to get your guys's interaction when we're doing these shows get your opinions get your thoughts on what we're talking about so exactly um you know thank you we do appreciate you being here watching us and you know yeah, well, I wish I'd had the right one queued up because, uh, again, I, I did that one last minute and it was supposed to be Auckland first and then, um, you know, what it is. So what is everyone's kind of opinion on this? Did Vinny butcher any of those solos or do you think there are enough mitigating factors? And again, I want to do some more of these kind of comparative episodes. I want to compare some of the songs that Vinny did during the Creatures tour of what he's doing later on during the Lick It Up tour. Because when he knows all that stuff by heart, the Lick It Up tour, the soundboards from that are spectacular. And, you know, obviously I don't want to really talk about, you know, the Lick It Up songs, but I, I get off more on those and listening to how he's really kind of gotten into it that I don't understand where all that friction comes from with you know dragging him off stage because all the solos that i've listened to his solo spots they don't really grow paul would always come back on stage and say and vinnie vincent on guitar that was always his shtick for ending the solos so again on on everything we've gone through there's a couple that he is kind of off framework but he's sticking to the plot for the very vast majority, and I think that it comes back to the original comment that inspired this episode, which was: Do you think that Paul and Jean would have let him get away with any of this on the creatures tour early on, and then for two years? Mark,
1: well, do you? Um, uh, n- no. I mean, clear. I, I mean, clearly. He he improved with time in the band. I mean, as you said, that there, there are soundboards from Lick It Up that are really good, good shows, and uh, you know, I, I think the only I think the only thing where he shadow stuff. I think the only thing that he kind of gives them a hard time with is the solo section itself, where he's by himself. I think that's where he goes a little bit off the rails. But playing within the songs, I think that he he does he does well. I, I think, you know, we don't know what happens backstage off stage with these guys. Right. But clearly on stage, I think that he, he improved with time. And I think the lick it up to her was a better representation of what he could do. I think.
2: Yeah. Can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, got to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, <laughs> he had to, you know, learn these songs and, and get used to the whole, the whole spiel of kiss and, and, uh, Get his own boots underneath his feet rather than aces <laughs> um, So by looking it up, I'm sure it was better I, I need to listen to something that soundboard see how he was at that point on aces older songs, but uh, Yeah, I, I think it's, it's okay. He didn't butcher too many. He he kind of either just went his own way on it uh, but he, he obviously was able to you know, mimic or, you know, keep in line with some of the solos. So if he wanted to do it, he could do it. Um one other thing is that last thing with Paul, we know why his voice is messed up because of all that extra stuff he was doing. Um but anyway, that's that's because of I
0: still love you <laughs> and I want you. So Again, thank you to everyone who's chimed in with comments and joined us live today. I want to end this episode with the song that was cut or the solo that was cut from the box set. And it is, of course, um, the guitar solo to I Want You from Rockford. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Mark mentioned on Three Sides episode this week uh, when they reviewed the, the box set, in essence, that, you know, he was a little bit, offended or you know annoyed that they had edited that out well you'll be able to judge for yourself why they may have done that but you know i think on our review i mentioned that you know again vinnie has history with the band that he sued them repeatedly so the victors write the history and the box set is a representation of the history but i think that there's so much vinnie in that box set that editing out the solo is a very minor offense versus honoring, you know, we we basically get a 10th anniversary tour uh, commemorative out of that. Um, and again, opinions are always going to vary about how that show was constructed. I happen to, to really like it. So, you know, before, before we go, here's eight <laughs> minutes of Vinnie Vincent guitar solo, which would have been part of um I want you. And may God have mercy on our souls. <laughs> wow get to the point
3: <laughs>
0: hasn't even started yet yeah
3: <clears throat> the pyro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: more people. like when aunt patricia asked you at the dinner table how your hemorrhoids are um, <laughs> wow. um yeah i'm just pausing for a moment because i'm going to play the whole damn thing but if you're still wondering why it was edited out i mean really yeah you're still wondering why i i will play we will do another multimedia episode in the future i promise you that i will play you some solos of Vinny from the lick it up tour that i think are absolutely spectacular again this is an unfair representation of vinnie in the band as a soloist because this is the second show again context is everything i'm not going to say that his solos are going to be to everyone's liking as we get further into his career with the band but his confidence and adrenaline and muscle memory and where he's at in the show do change from the second show on the tour so let's continue (laughs)
1: I hope there was.
0: You're just tuning into the KSFAQ podcast right now. Do not adjust your headsets, it is not (laughs) a problem of the audio. This is really being played. way there (laughs) next we're gonna do a reaction video to speedball jam Hmm.
3: Drums, Vinny Vincent, back. lead
1: guitar. <laughs> wow!
0: wow. Uh, what the hell do you say to that?
2: Why did they cut that? <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, stop that! Gonna- Silly. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh, Jesus. All right. So uh,
0: why did they cut that? Um, do, do you really need the answer that from the sound I guess that they had to construct the show. It wasn't a spectacular example or a shining <laughs> example that would have enhanced the listening experience of the set. Even if it is editing history, sometimes yep. history should be edited. So um, again, it's a really unfair kind of way to end the show about whether vinny is a guitar solo butcher when i think the evidence presented today shows that he stayed within the framework and did a a pretty decent job on most of the solos to end with that solo which is not a fine example of him um (laughs) thank you david that's quite
1: quite colorfully
0: fun so on on that note I want to thank everyone for joining us today uh for this live episode mark and ken i'm sorry for pulling that on you at the last minute after screwing up the audio for uh for love gun but we'll do this again in the future about other tours and you know compare bruce with benny compare bruce with ace compare yeah tommy you know i i, I think it tommy with ace yeah you know, it, it's it's all fair to kind of bring up the comparisons between the guys who've been part of the band's history. So, everyone who's thrown in comments today, Tim, obviously for, you know, setting this conversation with a very good observation, thank you very much. Um, but everyone, thank you for joining us, and we shall see you next time. And let see if I can find the fucking video. Could have been thing, right.
2: the, the Butcher instead of the honk or whatever. Thank you for
0: spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show.
3: We hope you'll join us again.